I have been toying with the idea of starting our episodes with like ad reads, but for like Kaiba Corp and uh, what's Pegasus company, Industrial Light and Magic. Uh, it's very similar to that industrial something industrial might just be industrial magic actually <laughs> they left out the light and um that's probably a bad idea <laughs> this episode brought to you by blue eyes white arby's <laughs> no blue eyes white <laughs> castle <laughs> <laughs> the only boy goes for duelists this episode is brought to you by Burger King of Games. <laughs> uh. Your move! It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. My name is Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week... Very excited. We're going to be discussing Season 1, Episode 13, Evil Spirit of the Ring. Evil Spirit of the Ring, isn't it? <laughs> it's me, Bakura. I'm the Geico lizard. <laughs> I'm going to take the evil spirit of the ring to Mordor. <laughs> Will you guide me there, Yugi? Um, he does, actually, kind of. Yeah. In a weird a way. Uh, I am excited for this episode. We're finally getting into more of the magic that you were so looking forward to. <laughs> the actual good part of this show. The actual good part of the show that everyone but me enjoys. Uh, no, I don't mind the magic. The magic is, is interesting. I'm in it for the card games. I, oh, no, I'm in it for the uh, the voice acting, for sure. The grade <laughs> A, spot on, A-plus uh, voice acting. Um, I was about to jump straight into news, uh, but uh, there there's no news this week. Okay. Literally, I, I've got nothing. Uh, I don't have anything. The, uh, the artist who drew uh, the Fairly Odd Parents did a uh, Yu Gi Oh! Like, I don't know what you call it. Not like a cover. It's oh, like, like a, a fan art? Yeah, like he did like Yu Gi Oh! fan art. So in he drew Yu Gi in the Fairly Odd Parents style. Oh, that's great. Um, that turned out pretty well. Bring it up. Let me see. Uh, yeah, let me find it. Let me find it. I know um, a while back, too, uh, Mike Mignola of, uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right, of uh, Hellboy. Uh, oh yeah, this Yugi. one I that sent was you, pretty good. To you. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh. Hellboy as Yugi, which is very important. Yeah, wearing a uh, a Yu-Gi-Oh, or was he wearing a Yu-Gi-Oh t-shirt or a Hellboy t-shirt? It was Hellboy with Yugi's hair and one of those dual arm things that we haven't seen yet in the show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, with the the dual disc. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is from ComicBook.com. They titled the article. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh gets one fairly odd makeover, uh, and Butch Hartman. I completely forgot Butch Hartman's name. Uh, Butch Hartman of also Danny Phantom fame, uh, which has a uh, very special place in my heart. Um, and it's not loading any images for me. Oh, here we go. It's on r slash uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, which is a subreddit that I should probably read more often. Um, but yeah, so here it's a, uh, it's an image of Yu-Gi-Oh in the Butch Hartman style. Oh, that's kind of and adorable. He's, he's holding up, uh, a, he's got the big, like fairly odd parent style eyes and he's holding up a dual monsters card. That's got Timmy from fairly odd parents, uh, on it. So he's going to summon a Timmy monster, I guess, <laughs> uh, which I would be pretty stoked for. I feel like, uh, Cosmo and Wando would be really good, like trap cards. Mm. Um, like they would be the equivalent of, uh, Teo's card actually in, in this episode, um, sort of granting wishes. Um, yeah, that's what I've got news wise. Oh, and you've pulled up the, yeah, so it's Hellboy 
wearing a Yu-Gi-Oh t-shirt. Yeah, the Hellboy creator and the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh creator uh, did an art swap of each other's characters. Mm-hmm. And this one is Mike Bignola's character, of his drawing of Hellboy, wearing a Yugi t-shirt. And he's got like a giant, like, I would say end table size millennium puzzle hanging off his neck, which is pretty badass. Yeah, it's pretty baller. That would make a, uh, a really good weapon, I think, in the style of uh, the, the yo-yo. Oh, uh, the issue. yo-yo episode yeah. where he just swings it around. Yeah, yeah, I could see, I could see Hellboy doing that. And here's the uh, the other one. Oh, the, that's cool. I showed you so before. Is, uh, yeah, uh, Kazuki t- Takahashi. Um, the one I said that you should get tattooed. I mean, it looks pretty cool. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, it looks pretty bad. I'm going to show it to Lauren to see what she thinks, and she is cringing at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure this is great for our... Uh, it's cool for a tattoo, but it is still Yu-Gi-Oh. That's, that's fair. That is a very... <laughs> <a> valid point. <laughs> a valid assessment. <laughs> Uh, and I'm sure this is great audio for our podcast listeners. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you have uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! news or Yu-Gi-Oh! questions, I've been doing this at the end of the episode, but I think I'll start up top. Uh, definitely uh, reach out to us. Uh, email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at yampod, uh, Y-A-M-P-O-D. Uh, we want to hear from you. I know now definitively that there are people listening we had a guest last week that kind of proved there's at least one uh so if you want to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh with us like let us know that's what we're here for um but without news i think it's time to discuss the episode it sure is it sure is that's i think my most tame intro yet i'm pretty satisfied with it uh so jimmy i uh struggled last week through trials by trial by red eyes uh but you have the unenviable task this week of doing the summary of season one episode 13 evil spirit of the ring i might need some help here yeah give it give it your best go but we'll make this a team effort this is a dense episode in terms of things that happen and like new lore that's being added yeah i I will say before we jump into it, like it's been really interesting uh, to see there was one episode like a few weeks back. It might have been one of the ghost Kaiba episodes that felt really short, even though it was still a 20 minute episode. The last three episodes that we watched have felt so long, but they're actually technically shorter than that episode that felt really short. Yeah. Like two minutes or whatever. It just all comes down to the writing and how much they want to do with it, I guess. Yeah. So. All right. Go forth, and uh, I'll jump in where you need me. Okay, so it starts off where we left them last time, where uh, the souls of our heroes have been pulled into Yugi's deck, mm-hmm. including Yugi's, and then he comes back to life as the Pharaoh. But, I mean, I should point out that we don't know he's the Pharaoh yet. We've been calling him the Pharaoh because I know he's the Pharaoh. But right, it's sort of some uh, This uh, alter ego irony. Yeah. of Yugi. And so he set, sits down and starts to duel with Bakura using a deck of cards that contain everyone's souls in it, like distilled into these cards. You know, as one does. Yeah. And so the first thing he does is bring out uh, Cyborg Commando. Cyber Commando. Cyber Commando. Is, uh, Tristan's favorite card. It's Tristan's favorite card, which he, which is important because he plays this card and it's actually Tristan who comes out. And with like a 
shoulder mounted rocket launcher yeah. and, a, and a rifle and a gas mask. <laughs> Way and... cooler than Tristan has ever looked and will ever look again, I'm <laughs> truth, sure. Truth. So they're they're playing it on this stump in the middle of the forest. And so Tristan comes out and and he's like this little three foot tall like cartoon character. And like looming above him on either side are uh, Bakura and Dark Yugi, the pharaoh, and they they just tower over him like giants. Yeah, to scale, it's kind of like if you got a um, like an amiibo, and you put that down on the table, and like Tristan is amiibo sized. That's and, exactly and what it is. Yugi and Bakura are like normal size. Yeah. So um, Yugi attacks with him, and it hits. And Tristan runs out and attacks um, Bakura, but there is a trap card that he had played. Mm-hmm. And Tristan is killed. End of the show. Goodbye, everyone. End of the show. Tristan's gone forever. No, he goes into the card graveyard and like his spirit just goes whoop and it like gets sucked up into this vortex. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of vortexes recently yeah, in this show. Yeah, a, a lot of, a lot of, yeah, weird imagery. <laughs> And so he appears in this spooky graveyard, and he's looking around, wondering where the hell he is, still dressed as the cyber commando. And he, like, leans down and, like, dusts off a gravestone. Um, And it says, Ebenezer Scrooge, and this is the Christmas (laughs) of the future. Uh, No, it says Tristan Taylor. Yeah. And he goes, oh, no, I'm dead. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then it cuts back to... The, the game and do you remember what happens next there's been so much yeah so it, it essentially is a, a bit of a back and forth between um yugi uh and bakura and bakura says uh i'm not actually bakura i am a thief and a stealer of souls and i have taken over bakura's body to collect all of the millennium items because as we all know uh anyone who possesses all seven millennium items gets uh Power and unimaginable, I believe. Power unimaginable, uh, which we're going to come back around to this later, but I didn't realize that we were watching Dragon Ball uh, <laughs> until just now, and I feel like that's a different podcast. Um, uh, in fact, I know it's a different podcast. Uh, Balling out. It's pretty good. Um, but uh, yeah, then Yugi plays the Flame Swordsman, which is Joey's card. Yeah, and Joey comes out, and he's like, ah, what a weird dream. And then he turns around and sees Yugi standing over him, and he's like, yeah. Yeah, Joey is convinced that he's going crazy, and he just kind of leans into it. He's like, well, okay, I kind of figured this was going to happen. Actually, he comes out, and his thing he says is, what the? And like every time in this episode someone is surprised, they say, what the? Just like that. It makes me wonder if there's an uncensored version of this episode. (laughs) I feel like they just write, what the? And there's never any third word. Yeah, you think that they, so? That I, they put in the the phrase that would feel very like that would feel very typical. I think of the four kids translators. Yeah. So, um, oh, the card that destroyed uh, Tristan was white magical hat. Oh, that's right. Yes. which is just this like smarmy looking picture dude. Picture a color swapped tuxedo mask from uh, Sailor Moon. Kind of. Uh, just invert the colors. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that card kills, uh, Tristan and then Joey kills that card and he says, see ya cat in the hat, uh, (laughs) which is a great line and he attacks and there's a trap card, uh, called morphing jar, morphing jar. Thank you. 
and it says that both players have to discard their hands and draw a new hand. Yeah, and it's a good thing that Yugi had just played Joey, or else he'd be dead too. Yep, and it's a good thing that he didn't have Taya in his hand, uh, because then she'd be dead too. So they discard their hands, they redraw, and Yugi realizes that he has drawn... Dark Magician, Dark his Magician. own favorite card. And Yugi has a minor existential crisis. Yeah, because he's like, "Is this does this card contain my own soul? What happens when I play it? <laughs> so he does, and it's regular Yugi. Yeah, it's a three-foot-tall Yugi in the Dark Magician costume shows up. Uh, which is kind of adorable, actually. Like, his <laughs> robes are, like, draped on the ground. Everything's too big for him. Uh, and everyone realizes, all of a sudden... Uh, oh, and I think... Doesn't he also play Monster Reborn? So yeah, Tristan comes Reborn back. the Monster. And Tristan the monster. comes back from the graveyard. So now you've got on the field Tristan, Joey, and Yugi. And they all kind of realize, wait a second, if Yugi's down here... Then who's, who's up, up there? there? And... Uh... And this is the first time that... <laughs> Yugi and the Pharaoh actually meet each other. And I mean kind like kind they've of. talked a little bit. A little bit. But yeah, anyway, go on. Sorry. This is like the first time they're like actually aware of the other's presence. Right. And I think it's the first time any of the others have realized that there's two Yugi's cuz before it's been kind of a real blurry area. It's so uh it's so weird and I ah uh, so they they're like well, what what is it? And Yugi goes, well, I guess I've kind of always realized that sometimes when I duel, it's like there's somebody guiding me, a strong, ancient voice. And nobody's like... To, from the Millennium Puzzle. And nobody's like, yeah, I noticed when you duel, you grow six inches and put on eyeliner. That's kind of weird, right? <laughs> no, no one ever brings this up. So this is the first time we're acknowledging it, even though we've seen Kaiba react to the transformation and Ghost Kaiba react to the transformation. Yeah. So we know that people can see him grow six inches and put on eyeliner when he duels. Like, we know that this... I'm sorry. I'm going to save this for later. <laughs> Moving on. I feel like we know what your worst part of the episode I, is going I to be. I have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, Yugi basically says, well, I don't know who that guy is, but I feel like he's been guiding me, so he must be a good guy. And everyone's like, yeah, sure, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> if, there's a, if there's an evil Bakura, there can be a good Yugi. Uh, and Joey, I think at this point calls him Big Yugi. Yeah. Is that when that starts? This is when they start calling him Big Yugi, and later they call him Puny Yugi, which is a, a actual plot point. Which I think I'm actually gonna I'm gonna keep calling them Big Yugi and Puny Yugi even after we learn Big Yugi's <laughs> real name. <laughs> so anyway, uh, there's another morphing jar, and um, I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, um, just a side note, everyone. Like the, the the characters like inhabiting the cards don't necessarily have to do what Big Yugi tells them to do. Yeah, that's they right. They keep acting of their own accord. And they're real bad at duel monsters. And they're real bad at duel monsters. And um, anyway, Yugi, I think it's Yugi who attacks. Mm -hmm. And then that activates a second morphing jar. And so everyone loses their hand and draws back up. And Big Yugi next gets Taya's card. Yep. Uh, Magician of the Faith. Magician of faith? Magician of faith. Magician of flight. Magician of flavor. Magician, magi <laughs> Taya's card is Guy Fieri, uh, the magician of flavor. Uh, His hair would fit right in. Actually, kind of. Yeah, Guy Fieri's basically a Yu-Gi-Oh character. Ooh, new headcanon. Uh, yeah, so he draws Taya's card and he realizes, well, because of the morphing jars that are in play, like I, 
you she's, have to play her there. Yeah. or else she'll just get immediately killed. So Pretty she's much. actually safer out on the battlefield. And so uh, Bakura uses the trap card just desserts. And then this like spectral hand comes out and starts grabbing big Yugi, not little Yugi. Big and then Yugi. it's very, it's actually very reminiscent of the, uh, the creature at the bottom of the well in Ocarina of Time. Where it's just this white hand grasping yeah. your face and like draining your life. Yeah, and it takes uh, 500 uh, life points for it was every a monster. Crap on the field. ton of life points. So it's 1,500 life points. And a thing that just happens and they don't really explain is because this is a shadow duel, each player only starts with 2,000 life points rather than 4,000 life points uh, for reasons, I guess. <laughs> so anyway, after this, Taya is summoned. And they face, try face down, which is important because she down. she pops up from underneath the giant card. Yeah, she's like underneath a giant blanket, and she's like prone, and she's like wondering what the heck's going on. And um, all the the guys like they jump in front of her, so Bakura can't see. I think because that would reveal what kind of card she is. Yeah, I think so. And they try and explain the situation to her, and that's the point where Joey refers to Big Yugi and uh, smaller Yugi, and. Uh, Yugi gets really mad because this is the first time anyone's pointed out his height, even though he's like three feet tall. Yeah, which amazes me. Like I kind of expected this to be like a um like an Edward Elric uh Full yeah. Alchemist thing where it's just that like was that's the exact vibe I got. That's the one joke that people make about him, but this is the that first really short sets joke him we off. get. Yeah. But it does really set him off because he gets mad at Bakura and he's like, I'll show you who's puny. And um he attacks Bakura's face down card, Electric Lizard. Which I'm sure is some kind of drug euphemism. <laughs> the kids are calling it attacking the electric lizard. It's 3 a.m. Are your children attacking the electric lizard? More at 11. So it's a trap card, and so it keeps shocking Yugi. And he keeps, like, over the course of the episode, he'll just get these, like, electric shocks and is slowly mm -hmm. being weakened. Bakura has a great line there where he goes, uh, You can expect to attack the electric lizard and not feel some feedback. <laughs> Or whatever it I is. I forgot that was Some the line. static or whatever bullshit line he has. <laughs> yeah, it was feedback. So then Bakura sends out Man-Eater Bug, which can destroy any monster on the opponent's field. And um, there's no way to get rid of it without killing anyone. But you, Big Yugi has a card called um, Horn of Heaven, mm -hmm. but it needs to... It will destroy that monster, but it has, you have to sacrifice one of your own. So Joey volunteers and sacrifices himself. And he shows up in the card graveyard. And then he is hunted by the Grim Reaper of Cards. Yeah. So apparently that's a thing. Uh, when you discard a card, there is a Grim Reaper of Cards that steals that card's soul. It's uh, it's Discworld logic. You know how he yeah. splits himself up into a bunch of deaths. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one time, and then he recombines, except he leaves behind the death of rats. Right. And so there's just a little rat death. Well, this is the death of cards. Death of cards. It's literally just a spooky Grim Reaper running around, and he's got like a bandolier or a necklace of little Yu-Gi-Oh cards clipped onto it. Which is kind of adorable. Like, I really, I love the art for the the Reaper of Cards. Uh, it's it's a pretty good like punk goth look because I think they're just pinned with like safety pins or something to yeah. his to his cloak. Like, 
if they weren't Yu-Gi-Oh cards, it'd actually be a pretty cool-looking villain. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So Joey Hiroki sacrifices himself, and blah, blah, blah. This makes Taya sad because she's a girl and she starts to cry. And this activates her special ability. I really wish there was a different explanation <laughs> than Taya's sad because she's a girl. But that's all this show yeah, gives us. That's, like, it leans into that pretty hard and it's disappointing. It's a, it's a product of its time. But this allows... Yes, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I, I, keep going. It's, it's yeah problematic. Anyway, <laughs> this activates her special ability, which is allowing Yugi to reuse a previous magic card from his graveyard. And so he gets the Reborn the Monster card and brings Joey back right as he's about to get killed by the card Grim Reaper. I can't believe that is a sentence I just said that's, out loud. That's a heck of a sentence right there. <laughs> Um, yeah, but now we have, uh, all four friends back together and, uh, no more, uh, man-eating bug on the field. But it's bad now because Bakura plays Lady of Faith and his intent, which he monologues at length about, is to use change of heart to turn Yugi against all his friends. Which, if you remember from last week's episode, is Bakura's favorite card. Yeah, so change of heart is summoned and normal Bakura emerges because um good kura good kura we've talked about this before yeah, I we've just had remembered. This discussion. yeah good kura is now trapped in this card along with everyone else and bad kura is the one running the show and um hold on i've got the <laughs> do you have the oh oh jesus yeah. so jimmy's got the the summary of the episode there's, pulled up on his phone is so how much. weird this is uh, so if I remember correctly, what happens here is we come back to the concept of because it's someone's soul trapped in the card, they don't necessarily have to act under the command of the person who played that card. So good Kura shows up as the change of heart card. And instead of taking control of, uh, Yugi's dark magician, like bad Kura once he instead takes control of B- bad Kura's other monster giving lady of faith lady of faith uh giving yugi the chance to kill lady of faith so this is where shit gets weird er uh because big yugi realizes well if we kill lady of faith we'll be killing good kura but let's not do that instead i have a thought and then he uses the power of the millennium puzzle to and this is his reasoning is if the Millennium Ring can steal souls and put them in cards, then the reverse is also true. And he is somehow able to use the power of his Millennium Puzzle to swap the Bakuras. So good Kura is now running the game and bad Kura, the evil spirit, is trapped within the card. Right. And then <laughs> and then he just uh, sends evil bad Bakura to the graveyard and he gets killed by the Grim Reaper of cards. Right. So by defeating uh, Lady of Faith now with bad Kura's soul, <laughs> that soul goes to the graveyard, which is killed by death of cards and good Kura is now free in good Kura's like real body, uh, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because it's a shadow duel still. And typically the loser of a shadow duel gets like, banished to the shadow realm so i feel like that should have also happened but maybe like the soul swapping is like a workaround here i don't know they're cheating at the shadow games too oh no (laughs) who would have thought it's all magic bullshit. it's all magic bullshit so everything 
returns to normal and uh everyone is just on the ground waking up around this uh the stump and it was like i had the craziest dream yeah so uh tristan joey and taylor still convinced it's a dream until good cora leans over them and is like hey guys did you have a nice nap uh, and like flashes a fucking cheeser at him. I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's just so like, he's pleased as punch. I don't know. And then there's a, a sequence where uh, Yugi asks him where he got his millennium ring. And he says his dad was in Egypt and bought it from this like street vendor who said it had something to do with Yu-Gi-Oh cards or dual monsters. My yeah. Mistake. Uh, and Bakura even goes like, that doesn't make any sense to me because like, Dual Monsters is pretty new, and this object is pretty old. Yeah, so. this object is clearly like thousands of years old. What the heck? I mean, it's called a millennial item, so... Yeah. And then everyone hears a loud scream in the distance. Which, which is definitely my. It's definitely my. It sounds exactly like her. And then um, they're like, come on, everybody, let's go save my. And there's a freeze frame and... And everyone Fades trusts Bakura now, I guess. Yeah, everyone trusts Bakura. Hey, you remember that guy who tried to steal our souls? <laughs> he's, <laughs> Too he's, bad. It was a, cool. a dream. Also, let's not even talk about there being two Yugis. Yeah, let's not bring that up again. End of episode. Wow, that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. This is an extremely convoluted episode. I feel like, uh, and I'm not even going to look at how long we've been recording because I'm scared. I feel like it took us just as long to summarize the episode as it did for the episode to happen. <laughs> We've had a, a couple episodes like that. Yeah, I, I think so. This was uh, this was dense. This was a sure. very dense one. But. Uh, but Jimmy, what was your favorite part? My favorite part is uh, the part at the end where it actually is starting to ends. introduce. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> that too. But where they're finally starting to introduce like the magic and the like the powers behind these millennium items and like the the history of this card game and the these like magical things and um like we've been watching this show for like 13 episodes now and they're finally addressing the like the whole backstory to it yeah yeah absolutely and i think i think we're getting like more and more into that sort of magical plot line as well which is which is good because it's a plot line that can actually be interesting <laughs> and isn't just a card game. Just isn't people playing cards over and over again. Hey, do you remember when Grandpa's stole, soul was stolen? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you remember that like a week ago? Yeah. I mean, in their time, like two months ago, our time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a thing still. Um, I don't know what my favorite is. I'm trying to decide. I think my favorite is probably uh, the big Yugi puny Yugi dialogue. Cause I'm definitely just going to keep using that terminology. I love that. We finally, 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 thank God acknowledged that there is something else inhabiting Yugi's body. Uh, and I wish that we'd spend more time on it because it's very important, I think. And the way that Yugi describes it is really creepy a strong, powerful voice guiding him from within, uh, somebody watching over him, uh, all these things. Uh, I said dual daddy at one point when we were watching the episode, which made uh, Lauren make, yeah, the face you're making right now, it's a really, it's, it's <laughs> a disapproving face. It's a, I, it's a cringeworthy word. I apologize. Um, but it, I, I, I want more of whatever this is. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I want more explanation. So I think my favorite in a way is similar to yours. Uh, what about your least favorite? My least favorite is when they're all on the field together for the first time and they're trying to explain the situation. And Yugi is like, like you were talking about just now, 
like describing how he interacts with the pharaoh mm-hmm. and he's like it's like he's right there you can ask him who he is yeah just be like hey bud what's your name yeah who are you why are you, what's going on here you clearly know how more about this than i do i mean what's going got, on we've got tons of time to monologue apparently so let's just like yeah but they don't it. they just keep talking to each other and the uh the pharaoh is just completely silent the entire time just yeah. kind of watching them makes no sense anyway yeah what's your worst uh my worst is how much new uh info we get in this episode about kind of the mythology of this world uh like the grim reaper for cards in the graveyard like that just comes out of nowhere and everyone's like oh yeah i've heard of that sure yeah whatever that's fine yeah that seems normal yeah that's what happens when you play a card game yeah your cards die and then they never come back that sounds yeah that sounds normal um or the thing about the millennium items whoever gets all seven of them gets power unimaginable like that came out of nowhere and isn't brought up again in the episode uh the cards with the souls in them getting to work independently of the player even though I think that's handled in a cool way with good Kura kind of foiling bad Kura's plans, I feel like that could maybe use a little bit more unpacking. I don't know. There's a there's a lot of stuff that they tried to cram in that's all like, here's how magic works, but not really. The whole thing with the the shadow realm, they still haven't really addressed yet. Yeah, because like if if there's a shadow realm and a graveyard, is the graveyard like the shadow realm's shadow realm? Is that where the spirits in the shadow realm go when they die? But isn't the shadow realm where grandpa's soul is being kept? We need to like sit down and like get a whiteboard and chart out the uh, the cosmology of the Yu-Gi-Oh universe. So we've got our prime material plane, obviously. We've got the shadow realm okay, here. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, I think the, the card graveyard is unique to each game you play. And then it's like a pocket dimension. Yeah, it's like a pocket dimension. And Uh then the death of cards just flits between that. But I still don't know when you play a new game Mm -hmm. where the cards come from then. Because if they die in the graveyard and are killed forever, then... Well, so I think think you're on the right track. I think that the graveyard is a pocket dimension that can only be created from the shadow realm. Mm. So I think that's it. So when you're playing a non-shadow game... It doesn't it's exist. It's just cards. It's just cards. But when you play a game in the shadow realm... And souls are at stake. Then it creates a pocket graveyard. And that's where the Grim Reaper is. In this graveyard, though, there were tons and tons of gravestones. That's true. So maybe is it all the same? Because uh, Tristan's gravestone did say Tristan and not uh, Cyber Commando or whatever the fuck he was. So it could be that that's just the graveyard realm for everywhere Hmm. so maybe it's just that normal dual monsters cards don't have souls attached to them and when they do have souls attached to them that's when right jesus (laughs) otherwise we've been watching people die this entire time we've been watching so many dragons have died (laughs) uh maybe maybe it's there's always that graveyard kind of present as like a like a circle of hell right yeah and it's when the soul is attached that the actual mechanic of having a death of cards grim reaper like that's when that comes into play is ah someone whose soul is attached to a dual monsters card has been sent to the graveyard and that shouldn't happen maybe so like he's like a cleanup crew Mm. so were all the other gravestones people who had been playing card games in the shadow realm and died that's kind of my guess because like 
when we talk about the shadow realm so far in the episode in, in the season and, and certainly later on and in the manga that, that you read uh when we talk about the shadow realm like that is pretty much you're always playing for the stake of like your eternal soul right so over the thousands of years that shadow games were happening maybe those gravestones are all the the losers for it's entirely possible you know that would make sense the other option is that this is a kid's show and you shouldn't think about it they put it in there to be spooky no i don't think that's it no (laughs) i like our idea better yeah i like our idea a lot better uh is there a card heaven do some cards go to heaven all cards go to heaven no clearly all cards do not go to heaven (laughs) at this rate i think most cards go to hell yeah it looks like it do blue eyes white dragons go to heaven Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragons definitely go to heaven. Oh, yeah. God wants those. I feel like Blue Eyes White Dragons and Red Eyes Black Dragons are like angels and demons of this world. That is kind of how they set it up, yeah. They're color-coded that way. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, so many new things to think about here in the crazy, (laughs) wacky world of Yu-Gi-Oh!, well, the next episode is titled The Light at the End of the Tunnel, so maybe we'll learn some more about uh, uh, Card Heaven. Uh, yeah. Well, do you have any uh, any final thoughts, any honorable mentions, things you liked, didn't like? Hmm. I will say I did like Taya's reaction to figuring out that she was in a card game. She was like the only one who's kind of excited about it. She was just like, hey, guys, what's up? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> Halloween's a little early, don't you think? Uh, and she, I don't think she ever like freaks out at all. She just no. gets... She cries a single tear when her good friend Joey literally dies, <laughs> which I think is completely reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. This cool. is a better than usual episode, I'd say. Yeah. And, you know, and, and we, we rush off at the end to go uh, boldly forth into whatever danger lies ahead and whatever it is, friendship will guide the way and bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Uh, but I, I think we have a new friend in the group now. I think, yeah. I think Bakura is here too. That great guy that we all know and love, Who? even though he was barely in the background in a couple of scenes. Okay. Now I do want to talk about that before we end the episode. So we've seen Bakura in four episodes total. Now he has spoken in two of them and one of them, it turns out that he was evil. Is Bakura actually friends with anybody at this point, do you think are they like, are, are do they consider themselves friends with Bakura? That's a good question. He doesn't seem to do much besides lurk in the woods and yeah. stalk them. Which seems. But is that regular Bakura or, or was evil that bad Kura? Bad Kura. It the line there is pretty blurry too because yeah. bad Kura has a very different voice and the little pish posh British boy voice of that bakura uses right so i wonder now are we gonna have like an actually like friendly and sociable bakura and how will people react to that if all they know him as is like oh there's the kid who hangs out in the woods and hides (laughs) that's a great question because i've seen him obviously in the manga Mm -hmm. so i know what he's like there but dungeons and dragons enthusiast yep uh, I have no idea what to expect from this Bakura, so well, that'll be interesting to see. And he still has the Millennium Ring, so he still has and the he power still has to, Millennium to Ring. put souls in things, apparently. Yeah. No one thought, hey, maybe you shouldn't have this. Yeah, hey, maybe Since that's a bad idea. Since you trapped idea. us all in the card game. But no, let's just hand out magical items to 13-year-olds. Sure, why not? That seems fine. <laughs> Work for Yugi. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and at this point now, we've seen uh, three of the seven Millennium items and the silhouettes of the other four, I guess, from the little description that we got. 
uh, and it's the Millennium Puzzle, the Millennium Ring, and Pegasus's Millennium Eye. So, you know, three down, four to go. All right. Something okay. to look forward to. Yeah. Well, uh, if you want to interact with the show, once again, oh, pardon me, if you want to interact with the show, uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at yampod, Y-A-M-P-O-D. You can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, tyler.game slash Y-A-M-P, uh, or uh, welcome to flavor.town slash Y-A-M-P. Uh, and uh, yeah. 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 Well. Uh, God blame me. <laughs> it's me, Bakura. Thank you for listening to me podcast. Uh-oh, I've broken Tyler. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>